Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And welcome once again to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. I am your host, Richard Holdridge. Happy to be here on this President's Day. As we got Rob Frazier on the show, he will be my guest later. But we got a lot to get into. Going to talk about NBA All-Star Weekend the Daytona 500 winner, major upsets in college basketball, and I had a busy weekend as the Columbus Rapids were in action for a three-game series. All right, I'm going to start my show talking about the Columbus Rapids because if you're not paying attention, if you live in Columbus, we have an indoor soccer team that has a men and women's team, and they are exciting. That was a great weekend at the Columbus Civic Center, starting On Friday, Saturday, and then yesterday, they were playing all three teams in the NISL, and both the men and women took two out of three in the series. The women's team beat Memphis and Fayetteville and lost to Rome yesterday, and the men's team beat Memphis, lost to Fayetteville, and beat Rome yesterday. And both teams will travel up to Fayetteville, North Carolina, to take on the Fayetteville Fury this Thursday night. It was exciting action from start to finish. And I just love these two teams as I'm going to have Olivia Gerald on the podcast, Columbus Rapids Weekly, that I'm doing with Matt Austin. And now Harrison Davis, as we're all going to be doing the podcast together because the three of us just love Rapids. We just love the Rapids. I actually wish that I was a better soccer player. I definitely would have gone out and played in that co-ed tournament. Congratulations to the team from Point University who won the co-ed tournament. They had men and women from their soccer team play in that tournament, and they did a great job. Uh, Harrison Davis, my uh, color guy, he was in the tournament, and he is in really good shape when it comes to soccer. I've just got to get into shape. I've gotten an invite on just playing some pickup games with some club teams and and we'll see how it goes i mean i really have no soccer skill whatsoever played one year of police athletic league soccer in 1991 so i was 12 years old and then i tried out for my high school team my senior year when a bunch of sophomores and freshmen made the team over me because the coach did not want a senior on the varsity team. So that's my soccer history. You know, I just play every now and then. It's just a fun sport. So that's why I love the Rapids so much, as the play-by-play announcing is just amazing. You can listen to it on the National Indoor Soccer League's YouTube channel. I thought I was going to lose my voice after that third game, calling all those goals, especially in the women's game against Fayetteville, as there were seven goals, and I called every single one with intensity and excitement and you just can't say enough about Olivia Gerald as she is tied with the league lead with 11 goals in the NISL she has been a superstar in this city 
and I'm so fortunate to have her on the podcast, Columbus Rapids Weekly, which will air Thursday morning, so you don't want to miss it. So the Columbus Rapids women's team had a three-game winning streak. Friday night, they defeated Memphis as Olivia Gerald scored the game-tying goal with 19 seconds left to go, and Emily Burke wins it in overtime for the Columbus Rapids. The men's team was able to beat the Memphis Americans on Friday night, too. So both teams won Friday night. That was such a crazy night at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill, which is the official post-game after-party establishment for the Columbus Rapids. And the men's team was able to get the victory against the Memphis Americans, the best team in the NISL. As Niall Torricelli got the go-ahead goal, 3-2 to two was the final score. Saturday, the Columbus Rapids took on the Fayetteville Fury as the women were on the pitch first, and they blew out Fayetteville 7-2 to two to extend their win streak to three. The men lost the Fayetteville Fury 4-3, to three, coming back from a two-goal deficit to tie it, but losing it right with a minute to go. And that was a gut-wrenching loss, but they were able to bounce back and beat Rome 6-3 to three yesterday on the pitch. And the women's team lost to Rome 4-3 to three on a last-second goal by leading goal scorer in the NISL, Carly Banks, as she had the hat trick for the Rome Gladiators. And they're now the second-best team in the NISL. And so this league has really taken off. Also, just a reminder that the Columbus Lions home opener will be April the 23rd, and that will be against the Carolina Cobras, as uh, there might be a possibility that I might be working for the Columbus Lions. I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to having Mason Espinoza, the quarterback, on the podcast. And so it's going to be just so much fun this summer, as I still have not heard anything from the Russell County baseball coach. I think that ship has sailed, but if uh, Beam 7 is out there broadcasting the games, uh, there's a job for me doing play-by-play for uh, baseball. So I'm actually living the dream, doing all the broadcasting stuff I can do, and also doing this podcast, which also airs on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key, and their station manager, Ryan O'Neill, has always been generous towards me, allowing me to call in to his morning show to promote the podcast. And now the podcast, Columbus Rapids Weekly, is being broadcasted as a pregame show before the broadcast on YouTube. So that is pretty exciting. And we had a pretty good episode last week. Tanya Chavez, the midfielder for the New Mexico Lightning, was on the podcast. And so it was great. Uh, We did have the All-Star game as uh, Team LeBron and Team Durant going at it. What a great game that was. The All-Star festivities, Obi Toppin wins the slam dunk competition. You had Carl Anthony Towns winning the three-point shootout. Team Cleveland wins the skills competition, thanks to Evan Mobley on the last second play. And we also had a winner in the Daytona 500. It's a rookie, Austin Sindrick, wins the Daytona 500. And it was... You know, a photo finish. And, you know, if Rob wants to get on the show and talk Daytona 500, I'm sure the... I didn't watch it. I was calling soccer games. But congratulations to him. I talk a little, a little NASCAR. He is the second youngest driver to win the Daytona 500. Trevor Bain won it when he was 20 years old 
back in 2011. And it's also the third Daytona 500 victory for Penske Auto Group. So it's just fitting. You know, the NASCAR season kicks off with a rookie holding off Bubba Wallace in a fantastic finish. Oh, that was great. We had All-Star Weekend. We had Daytona 500. The first weekend without football. As Team LeBron beats Team Durant 163-160. to Oh, what an exciting game. Steph Curry with 50 points. Joel Embiid had 36 points for Team Durant. And LeBron, in LeBron fashion, wins it right at the end with a two-point shot to hold on to the lead. You know, the NBA All-Star Game is a nice way to showcase NBA talent. And, of course, they honored the top 75 players in the NBA. That was a pretty good moment for the All-Star Game. You got LeBron stating that he's going to go to whatever team drafts Bronny James. Remember, Bronny James is not going to be eligible for the NBA draft until 2024. And is Bronny good enough to play in the NBA? That is the big question. He is rated as a four-star recruit, and he's getting offers from colleges, but he will not be eligible to go to the NBA draft until 2024. So you still have two more seasons. So LeBron is going to play at least three more seasons. He's 37, so we're looking at him playing till 40. By that time, is LeBron going to have enough? Now, I know he's 37. He's playing at a high level. He's averaging 29 points a game. LeBron is playing at a high level. This is a very special all-star game because it was in Cleveland. He got a standing ovation from the crowd. And the question has come up, has LeBron entertained the possibility of returning to Cleveland? Especially since the way Cleveland is playing, he's got to learn to play with rookies. He really does. He wants to play with a bunch of veterans. He drove Andrew Wiggins out of town. He drove the young Lakers superstars, Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball out of town because he always wants to play with veterans. Well, Anthony Davis is going to be out for a couple more weeks. I don't know the state of the Lakers. The bad news for the Phoenix Suns is Chris Paul has been the difference on the Phoenix Suns. He's going to be out six to eight weeks with a thumb fracture. And can Phoenix weather the storm until he gets back for the playoffs? Because he is the difference maker for the Phoenix Suns. The Columbus River Dragons salvage a victory over the Danbury Hattrick Sunday night with a 5-2 to two score. Not the outcome they wanted on Friday and Saturday as they fell both times. But they do get the win. They will travel this weekend to take on the Carolina Thunderbirds for a three-game series. Their next home contest will be Friday, March the 4th against the Danbury Hattricks. And that will be a three-game series. As the top six teams in the Federal Prospects Hockey League will make the Commissioner's Cup playoff with the first two teams getting a bye. So Columbus trying to hold on to second place in the Federal Prospects Hockey League. They fall They fall to third place behind the Watertown Wolves and the Danbury Hattricks. It was senior night at the Lumpkin Center Saturday night as they defeated North Georgia College 77-69. to And they are 18-8 overall, 9-7 in the Peach Belt Conference, and they will take on South Carolina Aiken this Wednesday as it's the final week of the regular season before we get into conference tournament play. Hunter Preston led all scores with 24 points. The Columbus State Lady Cougars fell to defeat to North Georgia College, 72-63. Amber Abusieth 
led the Lady Cougars with 16 points, and they fall to 14 and 12 overall, and 7 and 9 in the Peach Belt, and they will take on South Carolina Aiken Wednesday afternoon. More basketball up the road in LaGrange and NCAA Division III. LaGrange College gets a road victory over Brevard, 81-71, led by Kyle Brown's 28 points and 14 rebounds. And they are 15-10 overall and 10-2 in the USA South. And they will travel to take on Maryville in the first round of the USA South tournament for the right to go to the NCAA Division III tournament. The Lady Panthers will take on Piedmont in the first round of the USA South tournament this week. They finish the regular season season with a 15 and 9 record and 10 and 5 in the USA South. Moving on to Point University in the NAIA in the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Point finishes the season at 15 and 15 after defeating Tennessee Wesleyan and they will take on Bluefield in the first round. The Lady Skyhawks of Point University get a big win over Tennessee Wesleyan 72 to 43 and they finish the season 22 and 6 overall and 18 and 6 in the Appalachian Athletic Conference. Moving on to college baseball, the Columbus State Cougars take 2 of 3 from Catawba College and they are Nine and two overall, they will take on Auburn at Montgomery this Wednesday in Montgomery, Alabama. And then they'll have a four-game series this weekend against Quincy at Ragsdale Field at Burger King Stadium. The LaGrange baseball team is 6-0 and after sweeping Spalding, defeating Spalding 15-1, to 12-2, and 8 nothing over the weekend, and they will take on Emory this Tuesday in a non-conference game. We had high school basketball playoffs for Region 2 4A over the weekend, and congratulations to the Spencer Green Wave boys basketball team for beating LaGrange on Saturday night in the championship game hosted at Spencer High School. They defeated LaGrange 73-45 to and they will take on Spalding in the first round of the GHSAA state playoffs for 4A for the right to go to Macon. As the state playoffs start for the GHSAA, I will give all the brackets and where everybody is going. It looks like LaGrange has clinched a berth, Shaw has clinched a berth, and Hardaway has also clinched a berth. Congratulations to the Callaway Cavaliers who finished the season with an 18-6 record and 8-0 in Region 5 2A as they defeated Heard County over the weekend. They will clinch a berth for the first round of the GHSAA AA State Playoffs against Cusa out of Rome. St. Ampicelli is going to take on Eagles Landing Christian Academy in the first round of Region 4 Private A State Playoffs. St. Ampicelli, great job. Congratulations to the Carver Girls for defeating Shaw over the weekend in the Region 2 4A Championship game that was being held at Spencer High School. Carver finishes the season 22-3. 16 and 0 in the region. They don't know who they're going to play in the state playoffs. So we had the biggest upset over the weekend in college basketball and I'm wondering if this is going to affect my bracketology because I had 
Auburn as the overall number one seed a couple of weeks ago. After Auburn losing to Arkansas in overtime over the weekend, they lost another road game to the Florida Gators, who were considered a bubble team. But Florida was able to win 63-62. to They stormed the court. This big upset for the Florida Gators probably puts them in the tournament. Other SEC games... Georgia loses to Ole Miss 85-68, to and it is expected that Tom Crean will be fired as Georgia head basketball coach. And then the search will start. Who will be the next UGA basketball coach, and what are the expectations for Georgia in their basketball season next year? Kentucky survives against Alabama 90-81. to You had Arkansas beating Tennessee. And South Carolina beats LSU. LSU, are they considered a bubble team now after losing to South Carolina? As we have a couple of weeks left in the regular season, we'll have conference tournaments and then selection Sunday. Going over to the ACC, Duke gets a big win over Florida State, 88-70. to Georgia Tech, I mean, they're not going anywhere, but they did defeat Pitt. 68 to 62 and some of the local teams here in Georgia Georgia State beats beats Georgia Southern 58 to 49 you had Western Carolina beating Mercer 69 to 65 and Jacksonville the Dolphins out of the Atlantic Sun Conference defeats Kennesaw State 59 to 56 so Finland gets their first ever gold medal in hockey in the Winter Olympics and the final Winter Olympics medal count. Norway leads all countries with 37 medals, followed by the Russia Olympic Committee with 32, Germany with 27, Canada with 26, and the United States ends the Winter Olympics with 25 medals as we had the closing ceremony yesterday. What did you think of the Olympics? You know, I know the Winter Olympics had the lowest ratings they've ever had in a very long time. But I always enjoy the events, including hockey and the bobsledding and speed skating. Lindsey Jacob Ellis was the most decorated winter Olympian for the United States, getting two gold medals. Nathan Chin got a gold medal and a silver medal. So we'll move on to the next Winter Olympics, which will take place in 2026 in Milan and Cortina Espezzo, Italy. So that won't take place for another four years. Italy did host the Winter Olympics in 2006. The next Olympics. And you know, the Olympics is always my favorite. Like, I always enjoy the Olympics. I I enjoy the Summer Olympics more than the winter. But the next Olympics is going to be 2024 in Paris, France. All right, I think it's time to bring Rob Frazier on the show. On 20 minutes, there's absolutely no way that Rob and I are going to talk for just 10 minutes. So just a reminder that a portion of the interview with Rob Frazier will air on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. If you want to hear the full interview, you can download my podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. So without further ado, let's bring Rob Frazier on the show. We'll be back in a bit. Stick around. Ah, this is going to be fun. Back to the show. I've got Rob Frazier. He's my Monday's guest. You know, Rob, I'm feeling a little down because we don't have football. This is the first show that you're on. 
where we didn't have football, but we still have plenty of sports to talk about. How you doing? How, how's your weekend been? Man, uh, we had some spring-like weather for the first time in a while here in West Virginia, so looking forward to the spring. And you and I are doing this Monday podcast with tired voices. I've had a little bit of the crud, you know, a little bit of the seasonal crud over the weekend. And you uh, did three uh, amazing indoor soccer games in three days, three games in three days. That's uh, that's definitely uh, taking it for the team, brother. Well, I knew I was going to be up for the challenge. I want to thank Harrison Davis for helping me out on Sunday doing color commentating. But the Columbus Rapids women's team scored seven goals Saturday night, and every single goal call, I could have easily lost my voice because I had excitement in my voice every time a goal was scored you gotta bring it because who wants to listen to a sports broadcast where they're like yeah there's another goal there's another basket there you know unless you're calling like uh you know golf or something where you're supposed to be quiet so yeah that's something about broadcasting that that uh, i think a lot of people respect but maybe your audience will appreciate is that uh you know there's a lot of preparation that goes into it and you got to bring it uh because you want to uh, the audience to enjoy uh, what they're listening to. Oh yeah, you you've got it. So we do have some sports to talk about. No football. I'm feeling a little sad that there's no more football. Um, well, they did have a football game, the HBCU All Star Game. That was actually kind of cool. I saw some highlights on Sports Center showcasing all these college players from these historically black colleges and that was actually a great showcase and then we will have the usfl coming up in april and also arena football as the columbus lions will kick off their season april 23rd against the carolina cobras all those football lovers will still get an opportunity to watch football all year round Absolutely. Yeah. Arena football. If you live near an arena football league team, it's, it's a lot of fun. They used to have AFL one and AFL two. I don't know if they still classify it that way, but uh, it's a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's a great uh, thing to take your, your family and friends to, you know, for an enjoyable experience. So I'm glad that you have a team there locally. That That is a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. We have some fun times here in the Fountain City as we have four semi-pro sports teams. But we have this uh, great weekend of sports. I'm not much of a NASCAR guy. I don't know if you watch NASCAR. A crazy finish at the Daytona 500. Second youngest winner. Uh, The closing ceremony, the Winter Olympics. And we had the NBA All-Star game. But uh, Rob, what was your impressions on the weekend? It was a loaded weekend in sports. It definitely was. Uh, the weekend after the Super Bowl, you mentioned, uh, you know, moving on from from pro football, but it was definitely loaded. Uh, lots of things uh, to partake in over the weekend. So we'll start with some tidbits. Uh, you mentioned the the NASCAR race. So it's a Daytona 500, but it was 200 laps. So I was, I was watching a little bit uh, of that with my son yesterday, having some fun with it. So that would mean it's the Daytona 500, 200 laps. So how long is the track? You're going to make me do some math. <laughs> All right. Oh man. Two, two and a half, two and a half miles. <laughs> two and a half miles. Yeah, man, I was about to bust out my calculator, but okay. <laughs> so two and a half mile track. Uh, there was, man, there was, you know, at the 500, right? There's, uh, they debuted the new cars, you know, always bringing out new stuff with the cars and 
the safety features and things like that. So there was a few bang ups and um, some, some crazy crashes. One where a guy, he completely went upside down in his car. Another car bumped him and then the car went back over on its proper side. You know, it's just amazing. They're going 175, 185 miles an hour. They get in these crashes and they come out okay thankfully so that's always a part of it but they ended up in what they call overtime which uh, overtime is interesting uh, a new thing they develop where they do like an extra lap or two and they also do stages so they have like stage one stage two you know stage three and so on and then they take little breaks in between so that so so uh, things have changed a little bit with the rules to, to make it so that you're not constantly watching you know the whole race no breaks but um you know, plenty of pit stops, plenty of storylines. But what I want to tell you that you mentioned, you had the second youngest driver to win it, Austin Sindrick, okay, C-I-N-D-R-I-C. Pretty good driver there in the number two car. He was only 23 years old, uh, 30 to 1 odds. So out of 40 drivers, you know, he was ranked 30th uh, as, as the possibility to win, edging out Bubba Wallace by uh, fractions – of a car length, uh, mil, you know, less than a second uh, in real time. I said, the joke we had last night is like, that reminds me of when I go into McDonald's, right? And they got the two lanes. You ever seen one of them McDonald's drive-thrus? You've been in one of those, Richard? You oh, know, yeah, two I've, I've been. Yeah. Yeah. Like which, which lane am I going to pick? Right. And then, and then the fun part is after you're done with your order, right. You're after, after you're done with your, your, your order, you're glancing over to your right, you know, at the car in lane number two, like, all right, am I going to go? You going to go, you going to let me ahead of you, or you going to jump ahead of me. <laughs> so uh, edging out Bubba Wallace there in the McDonald's car there at the end. Uh, interestingly enough, some other young drivers that have won this race, the youngest ever, this will probably never be beat. I don't know. You never say never, but Trevor Bain in 2011 won this race at 20 years old. Can you imagine 20 years old winning the Daytona 500? Oh, yeah. That was 11 years ago. Trevor Bain, uh, that was just a big sports story. I remember it because when I was doing my YouTube show uh, 11 years ago that I was trying to come up with some sports stories to talk about because football season just ended. And of course, you know, we talked about the Daytona 500 and, and it's a big deal. I mean, it is the Super Bowl of NASCAR. And like I mentioned, not much of a NASCAR fan. I probably won't talk a whole lot of NASCAR on this show, but it is something to talk about because it is the Daytona 500. You have the Indianapolis 500 as well. And that's actually more worldwide Memorial Day weekend as Formula One racing. It picks up the international audience and a few more tidbits. Jeff Gordon won this race at age 25 uh, in the year 1997. And Richard Petty, uh, the great Richard Petty, won in 1964 at age 26. So there's the, the youngest winners for the race. So, yeah, it's uh, the debut you know, the official debut of the NASCAR season. And I understand that it's it's hard to talk NASCAR throughout the season, but they do have the bigger races that come up throughout the season that are fun to watch, you know, like Bristol uh, and the, the big Coca-Cola race in Charlotte. Uh, and then the ones that are under the lights are always fun to watch. And then when they go out on the West Coast, Richard, they have a lot of what they call uh, short track races where it's amazing. They have to, you know, accelerate and decelerate and use that gear shift and a lot. A lot of people like that because there's a lot of strategy and skill. 
So there used to be a debate about whether these guys are athletes. Are you kidding me? The equivalent of driving, if you last the whole race and you don't crash out, 500 miles. I just think about a road trip, right, with my family driving 500 miles in one day. Imagine 500 miles in the, in the course of a, of a car race. I mean, that's some athleticism, uh, if anything. <laughs> well, that is very true. Uh, they definitely are athletes, and uh, I do appreciate Everything they do, uh, living in the South, I mean, we have NASCAR is, is really big big over here in uh, Georgia and Alabama. Of course, we have the Talladega Super, Super Speed Raceway. And, of course, Atlanta Motor Speedway down in Hampton, Georgia. So they have some races, and plus you have some backyard races. You know, it's, it is a big deal, and I get it. Just the whole uh, the bootlegging, you know, in the – in the early 20s with the prohibition that's how nascar really got started and one of my favorite sports movies is is talladega night uh, with, oh, yeah. uh, with will ferrell with with the shake and bake it's a uh, such a funny scene in that movie is when his dad is trying to teach him to ride and he's got a cougar in the car and he says you guys just got to be calm you just got to get in the car and just you know don't let the cougar know that you smell fear and then it's just that that plan just is get shot as the cougar chumps attacks him. It's just, oh, it's so funny. And I, like I said, not a big NASCAR fan, but you know, NASCAR does have his moments. Absolutely, and a lot of great, a lot of great racing movies through the years. So, hey, uh, other tidbits from the uh, weekend. Obviously, the the big event uh, of the weekend would have been the NBA All Star Game. Did you have a chance to catch any of that? I know you was tired from the weekend, but. Uh, what an amazing game and uh, an amazing finish. But uh, I got some tidbits from that. What are your thoughts on it so far? I'll be honest with you. I did not watch the NBA All-Star game. I know that it came on after I was done with the soccer game on Sunday. I was so tired from the weekend. I really didn't pay attention to any sports. I did see that Team LeBron beat Team Durant. Steph Curry had 50 points. LeBron wins it. At, at the end and a nice warm welcome for LeBron James in Cleveland as there are thoughts since the Cleveland Cavaliers look really good this year that LeBron may return to Cleveland wouldn't be a bad idea especially with that young core that they got uh so here's some tidbits from the game Steph Curry uh he just decided I'm gonna have myself a game I wasn't aware of this but he had not won MVP of the all-star game uh he's obviously won MVP of the league and, and championships. Uh, and it was renamed uh, the Kobe Bryant, you know, MVP award, uh, brand new trophy. Uh, his wife was on hand for the game. But anyway, 16, 16 three-pointers. And the fashion that he was – yeah, he was making them off of one foot. He was making them near half court. You know, he did a couple where he would shoot the ball – and after he would release it, would look look to the to the people on the front row, and is it going in? And one time, uh, he he looked away after he shot, and he and he looked at Trey Young as they were going back down. Like you might as well go back down. That's in. I mean, it was unbelievable and uh, quite a show there by Curry, and he was very humble in accepting the MVP award. Embiid was the leading scorer on the other team. He absolutely went off. It's amazing what he can do at his size, uh, and he had a great game. Also, the three-point. Now, you would have never seen this coming. In fact, he was the least favorite to win, but the three-point shootout was won by Carl Anthony Towns, and he was like, I'm the best big man shooter in the league, and he proved it. Uh, by uh, he, he His highest score in the three-point contest was in the last round. 
uh, he did incredible uh, with the three-point contest. Uh, the skills contest was uh, – they had three different teams, the rookies, the Cleveland Cavaliers, and the and the Antacupos. How do you say that? <laughs> oh, the Antacupos. <laughs> yeah, the brothers. Uh, There's three of them. They, <laughs> I still struggle to say their name, but Giannis and his brothers. Uh, it was okay. It was it was kind of boring. The dunk contest was underwhelming. That the, the – um, the the pro players uh, Reggie Miller and Dwayne Wade and of course Charles Barkley they they were ripping on on how how boring it was and you know can we get this over with and it was very underwhelming so maybe they'll just get rid of it all together or come up with something else somebody said I'd rather see him out there doing trick shot competitions or playing a game of horse than than the dunk contest so the dunk contest was a little underwhelming so that's a little recap on the game oh and of course. At the very end, right, they had this new thing. They called it the Elam ending that they got from the TBT where they uh, – at the in the fourth quarter, it's the, the first team to a certain score. I think it was like 163 or something like that. And uh, LeBron's team had it, and uh, they needed one bucket. And he said, give me the ball. And he hit a fadeaway, hit a fadeaway jumper to win, win the game for his team. So uh, LeBron got to have the last shot to win the game for his team uh, in in his hometown there. So that was pretty cool to see. That was a good moment. Let's go ahead and switch gears and talk about college basketball because we have bracketology. As, of course, on a new segment on my show every week leading up to the NCAA tournament, I talk about the number one seeds that might be projected right now as of this moment. And then, of course, the last four in and the first four out. So with Auburn losing to Florida in Gainesville, Rob, is Auburn still projected to be a number one seed after this latest bracketology that's going to come out with the new rankings coming out tomorrow? Uh, no, they should not be because, unfortunately, they also had another loss uh, before that. The top seeds right now, uh, Kansas has slipped back into contention for number one seed along with Arizona and Gonzaga. And so uh, down there at your probable uh, number ones. You got Kentucky, you got Baylor, uh, Duke, and Purdue in contention now for that fourth number one along with Auburn. We'll see how it goes. Good point there over the weekend. Also, a lot of shifting on, on the bubble, uh, which is the bottom half of the bracket. Uh, there's a, you know, I heard Lenardi say there's about, he says, there's about 24 teams in contention for 12 probable spots. So what he factored in was the automatic qualifiers uh, in addition to those who would be in the tournament no matter what. So, you know, again, doing the math, 68, you know, minus, he said there's probably about 12 spots available for those bubble teams and about 24 in contention. So there's going to be 12, <laughs> 12 very disappointed, disappointed teams going to the NIT uh, on that bubble. So that's what it's looking like so far. Uh, it's getting interesting, and we'll, we'll cover that later in the week. And, of course, next week, looking at the bracketologies. Uh, there's Lenardi on ESPN. Jerry Palm does a good job with CBS. Uh, and then there's another one, I believe, on SI.com. So there's lots of – Lots of that out there to look at if, if that's what that's what interests you. Yeah, we go over the bracketology every week with my other guests. And right now, I'm going to guess the number one seeds are going to be Gonzaga, Kansas, Kentucky, and Arizona. The number two seeds are going to be Auburn, Duke, Texas Tech, and Purdue. Now, according to this bracketology, they got Baylor as a number three seed. 
the defending champs are just going to have to go on a run in the Big 12 tournament to try to get a number two seed. I don't think they're going to be a number one seed. I think that that's going to go to whoever the winner, whoever the winner of the Big 12 is. Like if Kansas gets knocked out early and if they get another couple losses, I don't think Kansas is going to be a number one seed. But Rob, it's a dogfight in the Big 12 with Texas Tech, Kansas, Baylor, but you also have talented teams like Texas on the up and coming. TCU is, is an NCAA tournament team. So it is really going to be exciting. I think Arizona's got a clear path because really UCLA and USC are really the only threats. They beat Oregon. It was it was on a last-second shot. And Auburn was really the only team that was upset by an unranked Florida team. So that could be costly for the Auburn Tigers, who are considered my pick to make it to the NCAA championship and win it all. Well, you got to down there where you live, brother, huh? <laughs> well, Auburn has been the most consistent team. I know that, okay, they haven't beaten Florida in Gainesville in a very long time. And Florida is a bubble team that was considered one of the last four out. I think this helps the Florida Gators to possibly get into this tournament. It helps their resume. Auburn loses to a very good Arkansas team in overtime. So if you look at their three losses this year, double overtime to UConn in the beginning of the season, they lost to Arkansas in overtime, and they lose to Florida on a last-second play where they had the ball and Florida with the defensive stop, and they win the game 63-62. to Auburn has been tested in their three losses. I think they're tournament-ready because they have the number one projected overall number one pick in the NBA draft in Jabari Smith Jr., and they have the best big man, Walker Kessler who is just a defensive nightmare for anybody trying to go into the paint. As in one game, I believe he had he has, 12 he, blocks. He has been really good. That's a great uh, statistical analysis there, Richard, on, on the losses uh, with Auburn. And uh, let's see how they do in the SEC tournament because they do use that as a deciding factor on, on, uh, on you know whether you get a one or a two seed. On the bubble, we got some interesting teams on the bubble. A lot of your West Coast teams are hanging out on the bubble. You know, you got teams uh, trying to get in from these smaller conferences. You got uh, BYU who lost uh, again over the weekend. So I, I think they're they're going to be on the outside looking in. Myself, San Francisco, Richard, has had a resurgence uh, and had a really good season there on the bubble. And uh, San Diego State as well. Uh, what's your thoughts on those West Coast teams? Well, I think that San Francisco is going to get in. They're a very talented team. San Diego State on this bracketology is considered one of the first four outs. I don't think BYU gets into the tournament. Oregon is also considered a bubble team. I think if they would have beat Arizona, they would get into this tournament. But if you look at your last four in, and there's always been a history of West Coast teams not doing well in the tournament. I, I don't know if you've noticed that. Like, throughout the past 10 years, West Coast teams just seem to not do well. Now, I know UCLA was an 11th seed last year, and they made it all the way to the Final Four. And if it wasn't for a Jalen Suggs three, UCLA would have played Baylor in the championship game. And they were a bubble team all year last year. I think it's style of play, Richard. You know, style of play. 
because uh, Cronin obviously he brought a different style of play to UCLA, and and you know that's a that's a factor in it. I noticed because uh, I mean you look at the way they play basketball in the Big Ten and uh, the SEC. I mean it's it's pretty rough down there uh, the way they play play basketball. Uh, looking here at a few other teams, you know some some uh, possible Creighton and Davidson if they get in. I know some teams that wouldn't want to play them in the first round because they they're always loaded with you know sound fundamentals and shooters. You know, so Creighton and Davidson, two teams that have done traditionally well in the tournament, are on the bubble. And also on the bubble is that Loyola Chicago because they're in a tight race in their conference right now. But a lot of these teams, if you know, if they don't win their conference, they don't get in. Uh, Maybe in the past, but this year with so many, so many of these big name teams on the bubble, uh, a lot of these smaller schools, if if they don't win their conference, I don't, I don't see them getting in. What do you think? Well, of course, I mean, if they're from a smaller conference, uh, they're not going to get in. I, I think of a Murray State. If they don't win the Ohio Valley, I think that they could possibly not get into this tournament, even though they are ranked. That's going to be one of those. Right now, they're considered an automatic qualifier. Qualifier, but if somebody upsets them in the Ohio Valley tournament, then somebody's bubble is going to be bursted, and then Murray State goes back to being a bubble team, which I still think Murray State will get into this tournament regardless. But you have some of these other automatic qualifiers, like you got a team like Chattanooga, who's leading the Southern Conference, who looks very impressive. Belmont is right behind Murray State in the Ohio Valley. I think that Belmont would be considered a team that is on the bubble. I don't think they get into this tournament unless they win the Ohio Valley. And then, of course, you have Boise State over in the Mountain West. If they get upset by somebody like San Diego State or a UNLV or a Wyoming, it's going to be hard for Boise State to get into this tournament. So just looking at the projected bracket by Joe Lenardi, I can't wait for Selection Sunday, which will be Approximately three weeks from now is we'll have conference tournaments and then we will talk everything March Madness. I know that episode where you get on the Monday after Selection Sunday, the bracket will be finished. I will have already printed out my bracket and filled it out. I always do that. When the bracket comes out, I'm filling it out right away. So that's going to be a very fun show that we get to, to talk about our brackets. And uh, and see, of course, your bracket and my bracket are going to look totally different. Are you a type of person that likes to do multiple brackets? Like you want to go chalk one of them and then you take a bunch of dark horses? Or do you stay committed to just one bracket? Well, uh, good question. I, uh, I do. I have my number one bracket, right? And then I have my play bracket, you know, just for fun. So I, I I'll do two at the most. Some people some people do three or four or five, but I mean you lose track after a while, right? And what it is is people like to enter into, you know, an online group or or an office pool or something like that. So that's part of the fun of it. But I first of all do my one main bracket, and you're probably that way too. My my first one, and that's the one I that's the one I want to go off of, and then I'll have like the other ones just for fun. But man, it seems like every year, last year especially, the first round was just lots of upsets, busting busting people's brackets all over the place. And it seems like the people like people that don't even watch college basketball hardly, you know, like people's you know like people's uh, 
uh, friends and coworkers or, you know, like a husband's wife or something that doesn't even watch basketball. Oh, I like their mascot better. You know, those people seem to do better with their first round picks than people like us who watch, watch game after game. (laughs) Well, like Gabe and I talked on Friday about the upsets in last year's tournament. You had a 15 seed Oral Roberts, not only upset Ohio State, they also upset Florida in the second round, and they made it all the way to the Sweet 16. Did you have a team like Oregon State, who was a 12 seed, make it all the way to the Elite Eight? Absolutely. So it is what it is, and uh, it's definitely not something to put a whole lot of money on. People will, but uh, I don't know about you, but I don't have enough money for that. <laughs> no, I, 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 ain't do, I ain't doing that. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, I'll uh, I'll bet you, uh, you know, a dinner, you know, at a nice, uh, you know, nice uh, local eatery there. <laughs> sure, why not? <laughs> hey, uh, also a uh, couple traditional uh, teams, right? You know, big powerhouses are on the bubble now. We're looking at on the bubble. We got uh, Notre Dame, who's playing a lot better. I, I, I see, I see them likely getting in because of the conference they're getting in. They're they're playing a lot better. Miami's decent. Looks like last check on them, they are about nineteen and eight. And then Wake Forest as well, having a decent season. Uh, Iowa won another game over the weekend. Uh, Indiana uh, is is having a a decent season as well. Uh, of course, the big storyline over the weekend was the end of the Wisconsin-Michigan game. It's so unfortunate to see that. I think that's that's pretty much the end of Michigan. Uh, you know, get you know, getting into uh, any sort. Of, they may get into a postseason tournament, but not not the not the big the big tournament. What what a rough season they've had after such a great season last year. I want to give Jawan Jawan Howard a little bit of credit because you know, by all means and standards. Uh, you know, he's an upstanding guy, at least, you know, from what everybody says about him, he's pretty mild-mannered and everything. Just an unfortunate uh, situation there uh, with the coach from Wisconsin uh, wanting to talk to him after the game. Uh, but, of course, they said that's not the place to do it, generally in a handshake line the teams are trying to get through and just how that whole thing escalated. Wisconsin not wanting to take any of the blame. Their athletic director on, on ESPN last night saying – I defend our players and our institution. We're classy. This is not how we do things. And so it's just unfortunate. There'll be some suspensions and things like that. But, hey, you know, it gets pretty tense, you know, uh, out there getting uh, getting close to postseason basketball. But uh, that was also, unfortunately, a big story of the weekend. Wisconsin will be making the NCAA tournament, but looks like Michigan will not. Yeah, Michigan did have an upset win over Purdue, but Michigan is considered a bubble team. And, and I, I don't like their chances. Well, let's – talk about as here in the region i don't know where we you in west virginia we got high school basketball tournaments going on state tournaments here in georgia and in alabama can we give a big shout out to gabe reynolds my friday guest he is the assistant basketball coach at stewart's creek out of smyrna tennessee the lady red hawks won district a 4a the regular season and the tournament they're moving on to the state tournament what a job that Coach Gabe Reynolds has done with the Lady Redhawks. Absolutely, yeah. We, we know that he listens uh, when he's not on the show, so congratulations to him. That's our guy for sure, our friend for many, many years, and uh, he's invested uh, in that school and its basketball program, and uh, he's got a lot of family connections there, and so we're very happy for him. So this is a great time to uh, – mention that 
uh, it means a lot uh, to those girls and those boys at the high school level uh, when you just go and support them. Uh, you know, I'm I'm in a small school market here in West Virginia uh, that's usually in the single A or double A level, Richard. And it means a lot. It means a lot to those young people. When you go to the game, you, you, you get to know them and, and their their parents, you know, maybe buy a little food at the concession stand, you know, the ticket prices, you know, help pay for things. So uh, continue to support uh, high school athletics uh, in your local area as much as you can because uh, it does mean a lot to those kids. And I know you know that full well because you um, you as well, uh, you know, uh, cover the games uh, for your, your local high school there. Yes, uh, Russell County High School in Seal, Alabama. I'm the public address announcer. Uh, they actually lost their first game in the tournament. Uh, I do – Want to make mention that Stewart's Creek, 24 and 6 on the year. They defeated Cane Ridge 53 to 27 Saturday night. And uh, I'm kind of curious to see where they will be in the state championship and who they'll play. And of course, when Gabe's on the show on Friday, we're going to talk all about this. And uh, just congratulations to him. And uh, I, I think of great things for, for Gabe. I, I think of uh, all the state championships going on. Good luck to everybody here in Columbus, Georgia. The Carver Lady Tigers, who won the state title in 2019, are moving on to the state championship. It was just a special run three years ago where the Carver boys and girls basketball team both won the state title simultaneously. So when you enter the city limits of Columbus, there's a sign that was put out home of the 2018-2019 state champions for boys and girls it's such a cool moment and i just i get excited about high school basketball because i'm now invested absolutely and that's hard to do and one last thing while we're on basketball part of in my opinion probably the biggest part of uh the nba all-star weekend was honoring the 75 year anniversary and the 75 greatest players of all time and seeing the the older players come back uh seeing them honor the ones that have passed away uh seeing some of the older ones uh enjoying the game they saw some of the players out there doing take a guess it won't take you long probably who the last player introduction was for the 75 greatest players oh very like definitely MJ was was the last I said is he gonna is he gonna I, I said is he gonna be there in person is he gonna be there in person because some of them you know just appeared briefly on a video feed kind of waving with their their jacket on with the the 75 logo you know um, just kind of waving you know uh, and then a lot of them were there in person but MJ was there in person and that was something to see uh, he was the very last uh last player introduced so that was pretty cool seeing all them come out and how they introduced them hall of fame style and the old players and the current players and it was really really something special they did at halftime there well let's talk about this list because i remember when the nba had their 50th anniversary team and there were some snubs dominique wilkins didn't make the list i'm happy that dominique wilkins the atlanta Hawks superstar which you talk to your average basketball fan in georgia and they might, they might not be Hawks fans, but they knew who Dominique was. He's got a statue outside of State Farm Arena, and great for him. Some of the players that I've noticed on here, uh, Giannis is on this list, Carmelo Anthony. Here's some of the active players. 
you have uh, the late Kobe Bryant, obviously one of the top 10 players of all time. Steph Curry, Anthony Davis. You have LeBron's on there, obviously. James Harden. You have Kawhi Leonard. Chris Damian, Paul. Damian Lillard. Yeah, Chris Paul was on there. Russell Westbrook. Kevin yep, Durant Kevin was Durant. on there. Kevin Durant's on there. Yeah. That's just a great thing just to honor the, the NBA players. I've recognized three players from those incredible teams in the 90s with the Chicago Bulls. Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, and, and Michael Jordan. That's still one of my favorite ESPN documentaries, The Last Dance, that 10-part series that they aired two years ago. I don't know. Like, we didn't have any sports going on. Were you watching those the documentaries? Oh, Oh, yeah. Yeah. And now you can, uh, if you subscribe to ESPN Plus, you can watch those in real time. And uh, yeah, that was definitely a good one. Rodman was there, by the way, uh, for the for the ceremony. And he got a big, uh, he got a big uh, standing ovation from the crowd just because of, you know, how he is and everything. Kind of like the hype. The hype man. <laughs> I, I didn't watch the game, but how did Michael Jordan get received by the crowd you got to remember this is cleveland we all remember the shot over craig elo i think the crowd did a good job responding because uh in that moment you know in that moment where they were recognizing the 75 greatest you know they they all either got some sort of applause or just a really loud ovation um now when they did the player introductions for the all-star game, you know, some of them got booed, you know, from the Cleveland crowd, <laughs> like Steph Curry was one of them, <laughs> but yeah, Jordan, he, he got a big time, uh, big time response from the crowd. So it was, it was really good to see. And it's always good to hear uh, Barkley uh, and Shaq calling the game and how funny they are. Uh, Reggie Miller did a good job, him and Dwayne Wade. They had a good time with it. It was just Really good to see. And, and I, I told you, emotionally, man, emotionally, the halftime show for the 75 greatest players and then having the music in the background and everything, I said, you know, that I know it's not viewed as much as the as the halftime show of the Super Bowl, but, I mean, emotionally, it was right up there, man, in, in terms of the reaction that it received on social media and from the audience and from the people watching. It, it was pretty special. Oh, yeah. It definitely was. Let's talk about Tiger Woods because we approached the one-year anniversary of his car accident. Most people didn't think he was ever going to play again because of the uh, just the seriousness of the accident. But he was able to play in charity tournaments. He rode a golf cart. He even said himself that it's going to be very – it's a difference between riding a golf cart and actually playing competitively. Will he ever play in a golf, a major golf tournament again? Will we see Tiger Woods at the Masters? Not this year. Um, we will not. But it was so good to see him uh, at the tournament. Uh, he was the host for the tournament this weekend where the young man that won it, he led the entire way, which is really hard to do. And uh, it, it was a fun tournament. Some of the younger golfers really um, – uh, shined, uh, you know, getting golf kicked off again. A lot, of, a lot of people watching golf, you know, on the weekends because uh, it's it's a huge sport right now. And it was just really good to see. Uh, and he's also golfing now with his son, who is like a mini version of him, who's really good on the already, you know, showing out on the on the junior tour. 
so not this year, I don't think. But uh, since golf is one of those games that you can still be good at at an older age, um, I think he'll definitely come back to a pro level at some point and, and put his name into some tournaments. And also with the PGA – especially with Tiger, you know, he can get what's called sponsors exemptions where he doesn't even have to be full-time and he can just play in some of these tournaments. And and they'll be glad to have him, right? Because anytime he is on the ticket uh, as one of the players, it helps with, you know, their gate and their advertising and all of that. So, yeah, I do see him coming back to play eventually, maybe not uh, this year. But he will be at the Masters. He'll definitely be there and maybe be a part of it in some way, you know, get the honorary tee shots and all that kind of good stuff. And the Masters tournament this year will start Thursday, April the 7th at the Augusta National Golf Club. The defending Masters champion is Hideki Matsuyama. And I know that Tiger is not going to play in it, and he moves the needle when it comes to ratings in golf. Half of the audience leaves when Tiger is not there. But the Masters is just something special, especially here in Georgia. And I just like the Masters because I love uh, mimicking Jim Nance's a tradition like none other. And it's just always fun. And Yeah, uh, he's the man. He's the man. And um, I was wondering, uh, Richard, when when he was going to help me out, you know, maybe getting a ticket to the Masters one day. You know, you got some connections down there. And uh, Oh, I wish. Uh, uh, it, it's a lottery uh, that you have to do it it's one of those bucket lists and we'll have plenty of time to talk about like what is your bucket list sporting event that you would like to go to uh, mine a very underrated event that i would love to go to is the college world series in omaha nebraska i think that um the it would be easy to to stay in omaha uh, i think that it would be just i think that would be an easy uh thing to do for myself that is a great event and uh they do a great job with it super super nice uh city there nice people there in nebraska yeah that that'd be fun yeah that's a good one or some masters uh, a lot of people you know they only get to go there one time in their life if that uh that's always a good one of course in you know the the finals of a major sporting event you know like the nba finals or like World Series, oh, heck, we've had some World Series Game Sevens, you know, uh, in the most, you know, most recent history. We've had Game Sevens of, you know, NBA Finals. Uh, there's a lot of huge hockey fans out there that, you know, like we've had uh, hockey finals go down to Game Sevens. So any of these Game Sevens would be so cool to be at, you know, where the where the titles on the line. That'd be so cool to be in attendance at something like that. Oh yeah, and I I really think that it's just wonderful that we have just sports back after a very long pandemic i know two years ago we as we're approaching our two-year anniversary i'll talk about the two-year anniversary that the day sports went to a halt and i remember exactly where i was march 11th 2020 it was like it was one of those where were you when you found out that the nba was postponing their games because of the coronavirus and you also had uh, college basketball just canceling their tournament. And then all the other sports followed suit. And we went three months without sports. And it was a very dark day in sports. And that's why two years later, I'm so glad that sports returned. It's always just a good medium to have sports. I know that life goes on, but there's just such a great passion for sports and that we get to enjoy it once again. 
Absolutely, and it, and it just shows the the value and the meaning of sports, how it brings people together. Uh, we know ultimately, at the end of the day, it's a game, uh, but it does bring bring people together, and it gives us something to partake in, to enjoy, to have takes on. You know, pick your team, pick your side, whatever. But uh, that is why uh, sports are so important. It, it has a role uh, in our culture and, and really all across the world. Uh, and in helping us to take our minds off of other things. Um, but also, I want to say in this podcast, as we close out, that I have really uh, come to appreciate the the role that, that sports has played. They highlighted this during the All-Star game last night. The role that sports has played through the years in, in helping, in truly helping to bring people together and to usher in uh, and to model uh, the changes that we would like to see in our country and in our world. And isn't that a beautiful thing, Richard, that Absolutely. sports, that sports, sports can help with that. Absolutely. And I really do appreciate, you know, you, you just being on this podcast. I know that you were a guest on my first time that I was doing this podcast the two years ago, and I just appreciate you returning and now being a guest every Monday. And I appreciate Gabe Reynolds as a guest and Brad Page and Jenny Fisher and Tanya Chavez and Eric Taylor. And I'm hoping to get more guests on as I have boarding some athletes in the Columbus area that have shown interest in being on the podcast. Of course, I had a Hall of Fame broadcaster on my podcast as well as we just continue growing this brand. And as I expand my brand as, as well, uh, with the many jobs that I've been doing. Uh, but Rob, I just hope that you have just a wonderful President's Day. And uh, we'll we'll talk to you again next week as uh, we'll try to break down the weekend of sports and everything that's gone on. Hey, thanks for having me once again. It is President's Day, so I will say we're thankful once again. And I, <laughs> I'm not telling you anything, brother. Appreciate your service to our country. Thankful to be citizens uh, of the United States of America. Thankful for our presidents that have served us, uh, you know, and all that on this day. It's a day of gratitude and thanksgiving. And uh, also, I want to say that you and I have done our our best to uh, do this podcast uh, somewhat injured. Our voices are injured. So, so coach, uh, coach, we we gave a gave the best effort to our team today. <laughs> yeah, I I'm still recovering, and I still got a coach's show to do tonight. Off the walls, which airs on YouTube, as I interview both coaches of the Columbus Rapids men and women's team. I talked to them a little bit Friday night. I I pretty much said, you know, we we've got a lot to talk about. So I think that the show will go smoothly, especially since they played three games in three days. Oh, it's yeah, I can't believe I survived. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, congratulations on that, and uh, good luck to them uh, with the rest of their season. And uh, so thankful for that league and what it does for your local area there. Uh, and I love what they're doing with young families and kids. Uh, just a, a wonderful event to be a part of for for uh, people down there in your area. So congratulations on that and uh, enjoy that. All right. Thank you, Rob. That was Rob Frazier, my Monday's guest. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. And don't forget to like, subscribe to my Facebook and Twitter page and download the podcast on Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. And stay tuned for tomorrow's show. And I hope that everybody has a great day. Bye, everybody.
And put one of those hash browns at the end, you know, like hash brown team Cobra Kai or something. And then send it to the internet! You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020, all rights reserved.